to Nobody's Fault But Mine. I am Eric Lindsay, your host, and what a day to have a podcast. This is episode six of season two, and it's Valentine's Day, the day that all the husbands in the world rush out the night before and get a card and other pretty things for our wives because we forgot. And uh, that's exactly what I did. And how we forget, I have no idea. We know it's coming. We know it's coming every year. It's not a surprise, but I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that more than likely next year, I'll do the exact same thing. And uh, CVS and Walgreens and Walmart and all those places have very, very busy nights ahead of them uh, on the night before uh, Valentine's Day. I don't know why for the life of me that as a collective group of guys, we can never get this right. You know, personally, I'm already a last minute shopper to begin with, but, but then they throw in a love holiday on a Tuesday in February and it just, it just, I don't know what, I don't know what happens. We just forget. I, I, it's not that we forget because we know about it. We just don't go do anything about it. And I just don't understand. Uh, now I, I guess that's not everybody, you know, and I, there, don't get me wrong. There have been times in the past that I've put a t- tremendous amount of, uh, planning and, you know, really thought I was doing things right, getting it started early. But I can tell you nine times out of 10, it's going to be going to uh, a a drugstore the night before trying to search for a card and some flowers and chocolate and all that good stuff just to kind of see uh, or to show my love uh, to my wife. Although this is again, where I get a little bit cantankerous on this whole thing, because I show my love each and every day to my wife. You know, why do I have to do it even more in February? I have no idea. But alas, it is nice to show extra appreciation to the most beautiful, smart, funny, and gracious wife in the world, which is mine. So, honey, I love you so much. And you definitely are the best thing that has ever happened to me. And I love you and appreciate you on a daily basis. And I don't need a day in February to remind me of that. Uh, And I hope you don't feel that way either. So where did Valentine's Day exactly come from? Well, rumor has it on February 14th, around the year 270 AD, Valentine, a holy priest in Rome in the days of Emperor Claudius II, is said to have been executed. This is probably one of the most ironic holidays in the world in the fact that on a day that some guy got killed, we're supposed to go buy flowers, chocolate, and teddy bears. And that's what, you know, we as the modern society have turned it into. A day that a guy, a priest in Rome was executed. Oh, that would be the perfect day to to call it Valentine's Day. And instead of, you know, mourning the loss of a priest who was executed by this emperor, we're going to make chocolates and make a card and and pick flowers for the loved ones in our life. It's kind of interesting. Under the rule of Claudius the Cruel. Oh, that's even better. So Emperor Claudius II was nicknamed Claudius the Cruel. Rome was involved in many unpopular and bloody campaigns. The emperor had to maintain a strong army, but was having a difficult time getting soldiers to join his military leagues. Claudius believed that Roman men were unwilling to join the army because of their strong attachment to their wives and families. So couldn't get guys to sign up for the army uh, because they loved their wives, their families, and so forth. And so to get rid of the problem, Claudius banned all marriage and engagements in Rome. 
Valentine, realizing the injustice of the decree, defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. Valentine was arrested and dragged before the prefect of Rome, who condemned him for to be beaten to death with clubs and to have his head cut off. The sentence was carried out on February 14th on or about the year 270. And legend also has it, while in jail, St. Valentine left a farewell note for the jailer's daughter, who had become his friend, and signed it, from your Valentine. Well, okay, so this is starting, the story's getting a little bit better, I guess. So this uh, priest was kind of doing back room, you know, back alley marriages, things like that, when this uh, Claudius the Cruel had said, nope, no more marriages, no more, you know, lovey-dovey stuff. I need people to join the army. And so he continued to do it in Rome, and, and Claudius found out about it and put him to death. Okay, so this has got a little bit more of a romantic, you know, I guess, edge to it. For his great service, Valentine was named a saint after his death. Okay. In truth, the exact origins and identity of St. Valentine are, are unclear, according to this article. According to the Catholic Encyclopedia, at least three different St. Valentines, all of them martyrs, are mentioned in the early Marty, Martyologies? Martyrologies? Yeah, that's how you say that. Martyrologies? Under the date of 14 February, one was a priest in Rome, the second was a bishop of Interama, now Terni, Italy, and the third, St. Valentine, was a martyr in the Roman province of Africa. Legends vary on how the martyr's name have become mingled with romance or connected to romance. The date of his death may have become mingled with the Feast of Lupercalia, a pagan festival of love. On these occasions, the names of young women were placed in a box from which they were drawn by men as chance directed. In 496 AD, Pope Galatius decided to put an end to the Feast of Lupercalia, and he declared that February 14th be celebrated as St. Valentine's Day. So now, kind of the story deepens, there were three Valentines in and around that area, one from a priest in Rome, which we talked about. The second was a bishop in uh, Terni, Italy, and the third was a martyr in the Roman province of Africa. So as most of our stuff these days that we celebrate comes from, a pagan festival was going on and Pope Galatius decided to put an end to it. And so he said, well, let's just make this St. Valentine's Day. So, uh, okay, makes sense. Gradually, February 14th became a date for exchanging love messages, poems, and simple gifts such as flowers. Isn't it interesting that so many of our bedrock holidays these days actually began with what everybody calls a pagan festival? Now, you know, we talked about this during the uh, Christmas holiday. I kind of went through the origins of, you know, where did Christmas come from? I think that was in season one. Uh, one of the last episodes, and it's very interesting where where Christmas actually came from. You know, everybody Christians associate it with the birth of Jesus and all that, and which which I definitely can see where they're going at. But if you actually go back and research where Christmas came from, 
it actually is kind of a pagan festival. It's not kind of, I think it is. Uh, and so one of the things that's interesting, you know, go back and listen to that episode if you want to learn more about Christmas. But what is a pagan festival? Well, according to Collins Dictionary, uh, a pagan is an adjective and pagan beliefs and activities do not belong to any main, any of the main religions of the world and take nature and a belief in many gods as a basis. They are older or are believed to be older than other religions. Okay, so that's pagan. Well, let's just, what's the definition of festival? Well, it is a countable noun. A festival is an organized series of events such as musical concerts or drama productions. Okay, so ordinary people continue to observe pagan festivals and customs, especially in towns with a strong tradition of civic deities and in the villages. So, I could understand that. I mean, back kind of before Christianity and, you know, Bibles were available to everybody as they are now, essentially, you know, you had your own customs and traditions and things like that. And again, this is very similar to where Christmas came from, uh, kind of the same story. It just it was birthed out of basically just um, festivals and a lot of nature, you know, a lot of things associated with the moon or the sun or the temperature or the, or the harvest or, you know, that kind of stuff. And so a lot of the main things that we celebrate today came from quote unquote pagan beliefs, uh, in the past. And then they were kind of hijacked, you know, and I, I'm going to use that term very lightly because I'm not, I'm not trying to say there's any negative connotation to this, but they were essentially hijacked by the Christian culture, uh, to kind of form into, you know, certain holidays and so forth throughout the years. So any group that had a party or event that is associated with a God or belief that is not expressly advertised as a Christian belief or God is essentially a pagan festival. So this kind of got me thinking a little bit further down the road here. What did we just celebrate? We just celebrated the Super Bowl. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, what what would the Super Bowl cons- be considered to be? You know, if you, if you kind of went strictly by the doctrine of definition, of words, you know, pagan festival, ask the question, is the Super Bowl a pagan festival? Well, okay. It's a party. It's an event. It it kind of takes on nature. I mean, uh, you know, you're usually playing outside, I guess. And, and really, if you're in Green Bay or Chicago in February, uh, yeah, nature is definitely part of the equation. Uh, you're going to be dealing with either cold or rain or snow or something like that. So that leaves beliefs or gods as far as kind of to def- define, is this a pagan festival or not? Well, I would argue that many people literally define their identity by what team they support. You know, there are guys out there and ladies for that matter uh, that absolutely, you know, win or lose, die or ride, you know, with their team. It, it, you know, they, they have their team colors, you know, tattooed on them. Uh, the, the art and decorations in their house and on their cars, uh, you know, they, they, they just dive into the entire environment of whatever team they're supporting, you know, Dallas Cowboys or the Buffalo Bills or the Green Bay uh, Packers. I mean, 
man, there are people that literally that is their personality. Uh, so uh, I would argue that many people literally define their identity by what team they support, that most of the years spent participating in those events and were getting ready for those events. Uh, so you could also argue that the players themselves are what some might consider gods to normal human beings. They are worshipped and fawned over to agree that is foreign to normal humans on the rest of the earth. They get special treatment. Rules are bent to satisfy them. And with just a few words or attention from them, crowds sway to their desires. So are they gods? Well, I mean, I, you could probably you know, make, again, an argument uh, that... They're essentially gods on earth, you know, compared to uh, the, you know, us regular people. So is the NFL or the Super Bowl a pagan festival? I don't know. Is the NFL or the Super Bowl a pagan festival? Maybe. And I have an opinion about Valentine's Day. It's interesting that it is normally very close to the Super Bowl and that us guys have to usually make up for being such a dork about the big game that we have to make amends with some chocolate flowers and a card a few days later. And this is kind of all adding up now, right? It makes sense, right? Especially men. I mean, men are usually the dumb ones. Um, and, you know, again, there's a lot of ladies that are very involved in, in sports and so forth and just as just as fanatic, you know, about uh, football or basketball or baseball or whatever. But it's just kind of interesting to me when you put two and two together. The Super Bowl is really close to Valentine's Day. And it kind of allows us guys uh, some, I guess, just a forced holiday, a forced event to kind of make up for being such a dork for basically the past, you know, four or five months, you know, during football season. So, but then we roll right into March Madness, baby. So it all makes sense. Now, I have to kind of stop for a second and, and, and enlighten people who are listening. Uh, of all the people in the world that are the least likely to attend an NFL or an NBA or uh, a baseball game or, you know, hockey or get, you know, soccer or whatever. It's me. I literally, I just, I'm one of the weirdest dudes in the planet. And the fact that sports are great and, and I enjoy watching and I enjoy this, this kind of the stories that surround it. Um, especially the underdogs, you know, when they're going up against somebody that is considered to be much superior than them, whether it's a, a person, maybe it's, you know, in golf or it's a team, you know, that's going up against, uh, insurmountable odds and the stories. And, and what I love about sports is the fact that, you know, you can't make it up. I mean, there, there, there's just very few events in this world that are not scripted that, uh, you know, that are literally in real time and it can go either left or right or down the middle very easily. And, and you know, other than just perseverance and strength and, and just that gritty attitude of we're just going to we're going to do everything we can to make this happen. Uh, they do, you know, and, and that's those are great stories, you know, from that standpoint. That all being said, I don't watch sports. I don't I don't particularly like sitting down and watching a game. And I may alienate some of you guys with this statement, but uh, I don't like wasting my time. I, I just don't. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where sports are great and I, I support it 100 percent and I love it. You know, I watch the big games. Of course, I watch the Super Bowl. You know, if if my if my boys, the OU Sooners, ever get into a, a big game, I watch them. 
Uh, I watch, um, I don't really get into basketball very much. Baseball, uh, man, I can't even tell you the last time I watched a World Series game. Uh, I like golf. I like, you know, watching the big, big matches in golf, you know, that kind of stuff. But I just don't really, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, says, oh, it's coming on, you know, Saturday at two o'clock. I've got to kind of wipe my schedule clean and sitting on the couch all day, you know, drinking uh, beer and eating potato chips. I just don't do that. I don't drink, by the way, and I, I haven't in probably 25 years. Uh, I do eat a lot of potato chips sometimes, but I've tried to be better at that. And I'm just not a guy that's, you know, likes to sit on the couch and just watch, you know, game after game after game. I just, I'm just not wired like that. So uh, I have to kind of take myself out of this, but I can certainly understand that if you wanted to make the argument is the Super Bowl a pagan festival? Yeah, I can see that. And I can see how it really takes over people's lives um, and a lot of times for the better. I mean, you, you really can. I mean, obviously, anything to to an excess is not good. Uh, so those guys out there that literally have face paint on, you know, from like August through February, um, probably need to dial it back a little bit. Uh, but, you know, wearing a jersey or something like that or having game day cookout, you know, that, great. That's that's fine to get together and, and have that. And, and I love doing that, too. You know, we'll get together occasionally for you know, big Super Bowl games or or big games, championship games, things like that as as a family. And it's, it's just an excuse to get together. So if we can use it from that standpoint, I'm all for it. Am I going to be putting on my calendar uh, with a reminder that says, you know, Sunday at six o'clock or whatever time it came on, the Super Bowl is happening? I really don't even ever pay attention to it. Seriously. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where I didn't really even know it was this last Sunday. It kind of came on and I was like, oh, Super Bowl. You know, I just wasn't paying attention to it. Uh, very fitting the fact that it's kind of like Valentine's Day. You know, it's like I knew it's there. I know it's coming. But for whatever reason, I'm going to the drugstore or the grocery store typically at eight or nine o'clock at night the night before and getting some gifts. So. My bad. I, I admit it, but I love you, honey. And I love you every day, not just Valentine's Day. So thank you for listening today. And I hope your Valentine's Day was as special as mine. For nobody's fault but mine, I'm Eric Lindsay. God bless. And we'll talk to you next time. See you.